Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the center of the hockey universe, this is the Off the Post Podcast. Welcome to the Off the Post Podcast. I'm your host, John Mattis, and today on the line from Arizona, I have Connor Murphy of the Arizona Coyotes. He is a third-year defenseman for them, and he's joining us today, hopefully with good uh, audio quality. We're going through some technical difficulties here, but... uh, How's it going, Connor? Pretty good. Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, but the first question, it's a, it's a really hard-hitting one. Uh, are you aware that there is a guy with the same name as you that is a very rift model? That is actually really funny you mentioned that. Uh, the past, like, month, I've been getting, like, on social media, especially Instagram, there's a lot of people that will, like, send me direct messages or they'll, they'll follow me and comment on my stuff and they think I'm him and uh then then a lot of them get suspicious and some there's random people that'll send me like like of them like flexing and stuff and i don't understand <laughs> it took me a while to catch on and i was real creeped out but i guess yeah there's some guy bodybuilder and uh obviously he's got a pretty good following <laughs> yeah i saw his instagram and it's a lot of shirtless photos and he has like, something like 160,000 followers so he's got he's got a pretty big following you got that you've got to live up to here yeah, I know. Hopefully I can uh, maybe I'll have to get a hold of him and uh, see if he can give me a shout-out and get things cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, it's kind of like Ryan Murphy, actually, on uh, on the Hurricanes. He's got a Hollywood connection there. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and another non-hockey question right off the bat. I noticed you guys, uh, you had your golf tournament yesterday, and there was a wolf on the course, uh, according to at least the photo I saw online. Did you encounter this wolf? No, I was lucky uh lucky to stay away from uh too many uh scary uh animals out out there. I, it's funny, I've been here for a few years and I still even have have seen a rattlesnake and there's a lot of stories of guys walking their dogs out in the desert and uh seeing them seeing them go by. But uh I hate snakes and I can probably handle that. I can handle the coyotes and the wolves and stuff, but as soon as some people start talking about mountain lions and rattlesnakes, that's when I check out. Yeah, no kidding, there's definitely a limit there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of uh, Arizona, uh, Gary Bettman, he says that the NHL hasn't given up on the market. This is kind of the news of the day that uh, Bettman has told the Glendale market and and the politicians there that there needs to be some sort of long-term solution with the team. And I'm not going to ask you to to give me, you know, your political view on the whole situation, but I'm curious, 
how do, how do guys in the room deal with kind of the uncertainty surrounding the Arizona Coyotes? Because it seems like, you know, since you've been there the whole tenure and even longer, there's always been kind of a cloud of, of doubt in terms of, oh, are they going to move? Are they going to relocate? What arena are they going to be in next year? That sort of thing. How do the guys deal with that? Yeah, I saw the quote came out today about uh, them bringing stuff up, up again, and uh, it was kind of uh, disappointing to see it, uh, things fell through with the Tempe situation. But um, I, I know all, all the guys are, are supportive, along with uh, all the fans uh, in the Valley, of, of uh, finding a good home to stay for a long time um, in the city or, or somewhere around here. And uh, I know we, I mean, I, I don't really, I, I know as much as everyone does and stuff that gets released uh, online or um, Twitter and uh, try to stay up with it that way. But I know that uh, everyone that, that I've talked to a part of the organization is really, uh, really trying to keep it here and, and really wants to uh, make sure that we can find, find a place. And um, it's nice to see their support, support around, uh, the same things to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm in the camp of of wanting the team to stay. I've always, you know, not really understood people who didn't like the Sun Belt moves made by the NHL and expanding south into to non-traditional markets. I mean, it's it's bred a guy like Austin Matthews, so I think that that's something to hang your hat on in terms of the Arizona market where one of the best players in the league already is a guy who grew up watching the Coyotes and, you know, brings kind of a different flavor, I guess you could say to the league, whereas, you know, he's not from New York or Massachusetts or Ontario. It's it's kind of neat how uh, it has a ripple effect having the Coyotes there. Yeah, definitely. And I think you look at the impact of even a guy like Shane Doan. I mean, he uh, was voted most recognizable uh, athlete, I think it was, around, around the Valley. And, I mean, he got voted ahead of Larry Fitzgerald. And for how big football is here, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it just guys like that and the impact they've had and, and really the, the fan base that has grown here and um, how many people are so loyal to the team and um, making sure that they, that, that they want hockey to continue to grow. And it's cool to see even uh, the junior Coyotes teams and the youth and how uh, far they've come. And obviously Austin Matthews being a staple of um, kind of where they want to evolve and then get guys to be NHL players and become a, a big market. It's, uh, it's really exciting to see and it's uh it's it's i'm definitely i mean proud to be playing here and and be part of that and we just want to have success and and help that move along but i think it's it's pretty cool with uh guys like austin matthews and i think uh shane Doan deserves a lot of credit for coming here right from the beginning and being such a good uh leader by example of what uh hockey is in a city yeah and if we can just pause on on shane for a second Obviously, like you said, he's he's an icon in the area, and I I'm pretty surprised that he he kind of ranks higher than uh, Larry Fitzgerald on the recognizable scale. So that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, in terms of what he means to the franchise, because he's been around so long, and there were rumors that he want might have wanted out uh, this season just to kind of uh, get a chance at a, at a cup. Uh, what has he meant to the organization since you've gotten there? You've been there three or four, I guess, about four or five years if you count the AHL. Do you, do you really see kind of an all around him where he represents the whole organization at all times? For sure, yeah. He's a guy, um, I think, uh, when you talk about the example of a leader, uh, he, he pictures uh, just about everything there is with how he carries himself and how he treats his teammates and how he treats the fans and uh, and, and how hard he works and respects the game. It's, uh, it's pretty cool and the passion he has for it. Um, it just, you can see it a lot and 
and players that have come up with our team over the last few years. Everyone talks about him being a guy that that's uh, so so good to talk to. And uh, right from the get-go, he's everyone's got their own individual story of him approaching them the first time they became a part of the organization and making them feel comfortable and um, and reaching out and, uh, and and trying to to get get a feel for what you're like as a guy and and, uh, and make a connection and and that's big and it, it makes everyone. Uh, close and it kind of brings that bond of the team that's really needed to succeed together and um it's it's unfortunate that we haven't uh done better for him and uh that's a, a tough feeling but um any any sort of good things that have have uh come around a lot of it's been uh um him having uh, a little part in it yeah and there was kind of a viral video of him going around where he had been interviewed in between periods uh, about a week or two ago. It was right after the Martin Hansel trade, and he was asked, you know, what are your thoughts on the trade? And he got flabbergasted and frustrated and didn't really give a full answer, but you could tell in his head his wheels were turning where it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to necessarily be part of a long rebuild. I want this thing to move along. And I don't know if he just got caught up in the moment and, and wasn't, you know, thinking of the big picture, but I don't did, did you see that, that video? Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I, I, what I took from it was just that he's he's passionate about each each guy in our team. I think he uh, he's like you talk to him and he's your biggest fan. It's it's pretty cool. Like a guy a guy that you look up to is is how good of a, a great of a career he he's had and how much each guy in our team he believes in and and wants to see do well and wants uh, wants to stay. So it's it's hard. Everyone everyone was hit hard definitely that day with uh, Marty and, and Whitey getting traded and. And uh, Michael Stone getting traded earlier before that, and we've been through it uh, years before with uh, some trades of some guys that, that were really good character guys and key players. And um, it's it's hard emotionally to take that, and, and I think that that's all I, that's all what I saw in the interview that Donor just uh, really cares and wants uh, wants to succeed, and he wants uh, to, uh, players to be here. And, and it's, uh, it's a tough thing to handle uh, situations when guys are gone. Yeah, and, I mean, it's been a tough year for you guys. Right now you're 23, 35, and 7, and the playoffs aren't even really a question at this point. You play Ottawa tomorrow at home and then New Jersey at home on Saturday, and there's about, I don't know, 10 or so games after that. It's obviously coming to a close. A lot of people had you pegged as sort of, you know, a team on the rise, a team that's going to take the next step this year and, and you know, build towards being a playoff-worthy team. Can you Can you sum up what's happened this year in terms of, not not meeting expectations. Yeah, it's it's been very frustrating. Um, especially, I thought last year we uh, took a step forward with uh, uh, kind of our play and, and being able to to climb standing a little more and, and uh, have a good start and and have um, stuff to look forward to. And this year, not meeting uh, even close to where our expectation was of where it was supposed to go. And I think our team uh, really slumped early on, and, and it was hard for us to click. Um, and then we kind of went through a spurt, even uh, when we kind of when we fell off after halfway point, where we started winning some more games and seeing things uh, go a little better. But um, I mean, I I wish I had the answers. I think a lot of guys do, and uh, I think if you ask everyone, they have the same amount of frustration about it. Uh, but it's just it's hard, and and uh, we're kind of at the point where we're trying to move past it and uh, and look toward building our game and individually and uh, as a team right now. Um, till the end of the season to try to get momentum going uh, for next year and, and, and fight for uh, roles and jobs and, and guys really uh, still have a lot to play for and it's um, it's hard to handle 
being at the bottom of standings, but um, we're trying to to work hard and and uh, work toward being a better team uh, as soon as now. And you're you're locked in for I believe another five years till twenty one twenty two. You signed a six year deal in the summer, so obviously you're part of this team. You're part of the core. How how do you guys kind of turn it around? Is it is it more just kind of uh, seeing the prospects blossom and coming together all at the right time because the, no one's going to argue that you guys have a great uh, collection of prospects coming through the pipe between Dylan Strom and, uh, you know, uh, Christian Dvorak, if you want to call him a prospect still, um, Anthony Duclair, uh, you know, Mac Domi's still really young, Clayton Keller. Yeah, right. There's a lot yeah. of forwards that are going to be able to put the puck in the net down the road. Is that kind of what the organization is uh, is preaching? Is you know, as long as we're we're doing the right things down the stretch, it's all going to come together over time. Yeah, you can see the youth and uh, how it's really starting to play into effect. And I think um, what we're preaching or they're preaching is uh, to make sure things are pushed along the right way of of how we're we're performing and um, and uh, working toward being a good team. They, it uh we just want to see it work in the right way where where there's going to be talent but we want the talent to to work hard and uh come together cohesively and and make sure that it's it's uh one unit that's helping wins it's it doesn't mean much if we have a bunch of uh talented players who aren't uh coming together as a team i think it's going to be important for for um guys to really uh really hold each other accountable and make sure we all all Except the part that it's not acceptable, or it doesn't kind of doesn't make sense. But uh, <laughs> just making sure it's not it's not acceptable for what we've gone through this year, and that uh, we we need to win, and uh, and it's not uh, not going to happen. Um, letting uh, losses slip uh, into into big things, and and uh, make sure that we become a top team, and that's just a day by day build of making sure young guys and older guys are coming together and playing as best they can. And you're in your third full season with uh, the Coyotes, and obviously you spent some time in the AHL before then. And you came through the U.S. National Development Program and then switched to the Sarnius thing of the OHL. If you're summing up uh, your your career so far in, in the NHL, you know how would you evaluate it? Are, are you happy with uh, with the gains that you've made, or do you think there's there's still a lot to come in terms of what you can bring to the table as as a an NHL or I guess in his prime in a couple of years? Yeah, no, I definitely uh think that was uh agreed by both me and, and the team here that uh we see better days of, of being able to develop into a complete um top defenseman and uh that's something that I'm still working toward and I I've been happy with uh progress and things I've learned and, and the help I've gotten from the support I've gotten from the team. Um just to to be a uh kind of a hard uh playing defensive uh a uh, guy that's gonna maybe be, make a good first pass and uh, try to contribute the odd time, but um, it's something that I still feel like there's things I'm developing and and work on a consistency to to try to be able to play against top lines and um, and be relied upon in big big moments and uh, it's something that I think uh, is is still a work in progress and um, I'm definitely not satisfied with where I'm at and uh, see. It, see work that uh will be exciting to to get done and and uh have uh uh contribute to more wins and stuff uh in the future for our team. And you're an interesting case study in terms of the way the game is going with, you know, stay-at-home defensemen are kind of getting eked out of the game. 
but not in your case because you're a good skater and you can make the first pass very well. You're kind of in the middle there where you're old school but also new school. Uh, I actually talked to your old teammate, Connor Carrick, plays for the Leafs. Uh, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He, he, you guys you guys didn't cross paths for too long. He, you know, He said you guys knew each other but not super well. But as a player, he says, this is the direct quote, he's a heady guy. It's always been his brand. A bigger, steady guy tries to make every play a good one, not overly dynamic. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, I mean, I my games uh, a lot on uh, trying to be a smart thinker and, and uh, being in good position uh, defensively, and a guy that can um, kind of not uh, be too uh, risky. I guess is the word. It's just trying to trying to uh, be competitive in the way of making uh, some hits every now and then and uh, being physical, but um, being a guy that can use uh, my size, reach, and skating to try to uh, defend and be able to match up against guys that are uh, highly offensive. So that's something I try to try to do is uh, be good defensively first, and I think that's just, that is the way the NHL is going a bit where every D-man's got to be able to move the puck and join the rush uh a little bit and uh, be a good skater and uh, even though if you're bigger you still got to move well or else these uh, small skill guys are going to get around you pretty easily so it's uh, something that I, I got to be able to do consistently and um, try to play that way for sure. And you have a great mentor if you want to call him that in Oliver Ekman Larson. You've been playing with him uh, this season. You've split your minutes between him and Jacob Chikrin the rookie there, but if we just focus on Ekman Larson, what can you say about him in terms of being around him day to day? Because a lot of people don't appreciate him because you guys are in a smaller southern market. I, I feel like he's a bit underrated, and you know, you being with him every day, is there anything that sticks out that maybe people don't uh, exactly notice? Yeah, I think his uh, his overall game, like he he's obviously the things that, that you see most, most times in highlights and watching games is how much he's involved offensively with on the power play and, and, uh, setting up plays to help, uh, help us score. But, um, defensively, he's got such a long reach and, and he's, uh, he's really smart and, and he defends well. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot on his shoulders when he's got to go up against uh, the top line every night and then also, uh, contribute offensively with how dynamic he is that way. Um, so that's stuff that's not easy as a D-man. You, you see uh, when how much he's uh, he's got a got a control in a game. It's uh, it's definitely uh, impressive to see what he, what he can do. And um, he's obviously a big leader and and uh, argue, arguably our best player. So it's uh, it's a lot on him uh, uh, every night, really. And what about Jacob Chikrin? Because he he was drafted later than a lot of people thought. He kind of fell in the draft, but, I mean, none of that matters now. But your GM, John Chaka, traded so that he could actually pick him. So, obviously, he was high on your guys' uh, list, or, or Chaka thought really high expectations of him. But I've read quotes where, where John says, oh, you know, we didn't really expect him to be this good. And then he makes a team out of training camp, and he stuck around. Uh, what have you noticed about him, and, and what can you say about a guy like him who's uh, 18, maybe 19 now, but still a teenager doing his thing as a defenseman in the NHL? Yeah, he's. I think what he, he showed right away is how physically mature he is, and the way that he can uh, he can compete with uh, the guys in the league with how how strong he is in his skates, and he's he's a really fast skater. Like he's he, he gained a lot of confidence this year, and. Um, the last little while, if, if you watch, he's uh, a guy that's, that's jumped up with the puck a lot more, and um, 
he's so fast. He breaks away uh, and starts the rush a lot from uh, standing still from defenses on faceoff. So it's it's pretty cool. And I've been playing played with him a little bit, and um, it, it's nice to see how much confidence and and stuff he's learned throughout the year. And uh, he'll be a big part of our uh, decor. And, and obviously, he's uh, he's impressed a lot of people and and uh, exceeded expectations from uh, before the draft and. Uh, you want to see him do definitely good guys like that do so well, and it's it's uh, pretty impressive to see when you're that young to be able to have an impact and and make and uh, make a roster and, and be able to play that many games. And to pivot to uh, John Shaker, your GM, and speak about kind of the organizational philosophy. Whenever his name is mentioned, people, you know, the, their word clouds <laughs> go straight to analytics and straight to the numbers because that's his background, and he's a young guy and he's kind of part of this new generation of executives now as a player you know i i noticed that uh, through reading a story the other day that you you actually commented in it where chaka had talked to declare anthony declare about fixing a certain thing in his game and he was basically relaying something that they saw in the data and bringing it down to them or to declare at the ahl level declare did it well and now he's back in the nhl essentially the team used data and the eye test to have a teaching moment with Duclair, and he went back on the ice, performed well under these new conditions or under these new teaching points. And so now I'm curious, from your perspective, are you all in on the analytics? Like when you hear about this stuff or when the team talks about it in passing, do you do you care? Do you pick it up? Are you into it? Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually not really educated on that analytic stuff. I, I know I'm not a big stats guy in general. I think there's some stuff we we have after every game where where the league tracks uh, shots and uh, block shots and hits, and and really it's all on the discretion of who's keeping track of it and what they see as what a hit is or a block shot or uh, things like that. And it's definitely debatable, and sometimes it doesn't make sense on what counts as what. Um, but I think they from what I've heard, they have some sort of an algorithm or a uh, uh, certain stats that are looked in pretty in depth for what your role is, and and that's how they can compare. And um, if if that's the case, and that does sound pretty pretty uh, accurate, and um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of just like I said stats analytics, but um, from what I've heard, guys being shown and uh, how things have been able to compare, I, I hear it is actually helpful and. Um, a guy like Duclair, be able to be able to see things that that show on paper that you are doing things right and you are working hard and and uh, contributing, even though on the stat line it doesn't show that you have a goal or assist or whatever the case is. Uh, that's definitely helpful, and it, it's pretty cool to have have some sort of result after a game um, or a period of games to be able to to dissect your game and try to see things that you can do uh, uh, do a little better at and improve your game. So. I think um, anything like that, when used in the right way, definitely will help. Now, do you have an extra uh, coach? I guess you could call him uh, on your on your radar. Uh, your dad obviously is a assistant coach in the NHL and uh, longtime NHLer, Gord Murphy. Do you guys talk about hockey much, or is it kind of off limits now that you're both in the NHL? Yeah, we talk. I think uh, we have our times where we're outside of the rink and we just kind of want to talk about other stuff and not. Uh, not bring up hockey much when we're out around it so much every day, but um, we definitely do. And it's nice uh, 
he played, yeah, he played 14 years and been coaching for uh, pretty much just as long now. So he's he's seen a lot and been through a lot of different situations. So it's cool to relay things to him and um, and get uh, kind of another set of eyes for some feedback every now and then. Um, but it's 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 definitely nice, and uh, both my parents are very supportive. So it's uh, it's cool to have that, and we're definitely a pretty big hockey family. So uh, I've been used to it, and, and it's nice to have that along with. Uh, everyone else here to, to be able to help. And you guys had a 20th anniversary game a few weeks back. The first thing about that is those jerseys that you guys wore, I'm a huge fan. I don't know if everyone shares that opinion. I just I love the logo with the coyote holding the hockey stick and just the checkered colors. And I, I'm just a huge fan of it. It's a, it's a throwback. Did you like the jersey? Oh, love them. Yeah, I think all the guys here have agreed that's their favorite jersey. It's uh it's pretty unique. Like it's, it's awesome. It's just the colors and it's, it's flashy. It's got a lot of different, uh, patterns going on on it, but it, I think it looked pretty sharp and, uh, we definitely want to see them more. I think it, it makes it, uh, pretty exciting when they come out just every once in a while. It probably keeps the value of them, which is, uh, is pretty cool, but, uh, I definitely hope they keep, uh, keep them around is, uh, something we wear more and more because they're, they're definitely unreal. Were you aware that Shane Doan was wearing a signed Mike Gardner jersey during the game? <laughs> I saw that during a face-off, and I was like, I was confused, and I told him. I, I said, you know that. Like, I thought he was wearing it just for whether it was uh, before warm-ups, he forgot to switch jerseys or whatever it was. But he said he signed, he knew about it, and he said he loved that. And he said, anyone, anytime you get a player that good to sign your jersey, he said he's going to show, show it off. So, that's pretty funny. I didn't. I, I thought maybe there was going to be some sort of penalty or rule for that, for tampering with your jersey, but... Uh, I love this. So you never know. You're going to have some guys around the league having autographs from guys that are all the plans. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was watching the game, and I'm he's going to the bench, and they kind of zoom in on his jersey just, you know, in, in passing. And I'm like, is, is that a signed jersey? And then I, eventually they talked about it in the broadcast where they're like, Mike Gardner went around and was signing jerseys, and I guess Dome decided to wear his that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I've never seen that before. And like I said, I'm almost surprised that they – allowed him to play with it, but it's uh, it's pretty funny. Now, I'm going to let you go in a minute here. I really appreciate your time, but one last question, and like we started off the top, it's going to be non-hockey. Well, I guess it's sort of hockey, but uh, your the Coyotes' official account uh, a couple weeks ago told fans in Section 112 to stop doing the wave. Like, obviously, it was a joke and everything, but it kind of made the rounds on social media. I'm curious, do you like the wave? Is it distracting as a player, or is it is it all just in good fun? Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking with someone today. I was asking one of our staff why they even, why they tweeted it. They just said because they saw that it uh, it's usually never done and that it's not really. They said it wasn't really a hockey thing. Um, I, th- I mean, I, I'm just I'm all for fans having fun. If it's uh, as long as they're not throwing stuff at the players, I think it's all it's all good stuff. Anything that gets the people involved. So it didn't it didn't bother me, but I thought it was pretty. I think it's funny. I think any of that social media, the tweets and everything to be interactive with the fans, even if it was just it was a lighthearted thing, just saying they don't do the wave is is pretty funny and uh people some people obviously it looks like they take it seriously on social media, but I think all that stuff's in good fun and uh I, I don't mind it. I think uh anything the fans they're they they pay to to go to the game so they're allowed to have fun in what ways they do. Yeah, some people get really worked up about things like the wave, and it's like, it's just a thing yeah. that people do. I don't know. I, I don't have a strong opinion yeah. about it, other than doing the wave, say, at a baseball game when it's the bottom of the ninth and, you know, a yes, really intense exactly. moment. Maybe, maybe pick yeah. your spot. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, if there if there's a lull in the game, then uh, I guess I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Connor, I, uh, I appreciate your time, and I hope you uh, do well down down the stretch of the season here, and are able to tackle that uh, other Connor Murphy problem with the, the shirtless guy <laughs> u- using your name to get famous. Either that, or I'll just have to get John Cook and I'll just have it work out both ways. <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, John.